podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show as well as fans of music in general and a podcast for musicians singers songwriters artists entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing i'm your host bruce Wozniak from now hear this incorporated check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well besides that website you can also find the show on itunes google play music stitcher radio soundcloud and TuneIn radio we are on location at the 2018 Winter NAM Show in Anaheim, California, specifically the Convention Center, and even more specifically at the Tascam booth. My thanks to Tascam for having NHTE out to the NAM Show once again, second year in a row. And thank you to Tascam for all the great equipment, not only that I'm using here on site, but that I use back when I record not on location through the Track Factory, sometimes through the DR44WL, the Mini Studio Creator. Check it all out at Tascam.com. And excited to be joined today by two guests for this episode of NHTE, Chase Miller and Nikki, am I saying it correctly, Barat? I'm sorry, I should have uh, asked Barrett. you. Close Barrett. Enough. Okay. <laughs> when you have a long last name like Wozniak, you're usually sensitive to that. Wozniak, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, man. <laughs> well, guys, thanks for making the time to come and do this. Absolutely. Not a problem. Thanks for having us. We, uh, we really appreciate it. We're excited to be here. Chase, welcome back. Um, listeners, for those of you who don't know, Chase was the guest way back on episode 89. So you're now in the two-timers club. Oh, that's perfect. I'm super <laughs> excited about that. So. <laughs> Hopefully your fiancé won't hear two-timer and go, wait a minute, what's this I'm finding out yeah, on? <laughs> exactly. I hope not. hope she doesn't get the wrong idea. So speaking of hearing, uh, the listeners just heard your song called Drunk Lovin'. Tell them all about that tune. Yeah, so when um, I wrote Drunk Lovin', uh, it was really just supposed to be like a party song, something that was um, just relatable to a lot of people who are out going out to bars having a good time so i mean it's simple as that it's a pretty basic straightforward song so that's really all i have to say about it but i say this in a inquisitive manner not in a critical manner is it kind of like this is what country music is all about yeah i mean i think it's just going out and having a good time and you know with your buddies and seeing what the night turns into so yeah i think that country music can be defined in a lot of ways for different people but i think that's one of them for sure all right, well, for those listeners who have not yet heard episode 89, and I do hope that you'll go back and check it out, but um, we will start with a blank slate regardless and uh, just ask you, and, and, and also because, as I say so many times on this show, obviously we get listeners who are tuning into a particular episode because they're a fan, a follower, a friend, a family member of that guest, um, but because we do have a worldwide listening audience, for those who are just being introduced to Chase Miller for the first time, just kind of your your background in the music industry. Yeah, so my background kind of just started when I was maybe 15 years old, 16 years old, got a guitar, started playing um, pop rock music, um, a lot of pop punk. I grew up on a lot of 80s hair metal, so we're here at NAM now, so I get to see a lot of these guys walking around, you know, who are <laughs> from the 80s walking around and kind of just doing signings and getting to chat with them so it's pretty cool for me to be here um and then i kind of just transitioned into country music um one of my family members was in country music and um kind of just started picking up on country maybe in like early high school and i really connected with the storytelling of the songwriting and what was going on in country music so that was my calling i felt like and i think we did talk about this back on episode 89 but i guess this will kind of be an update to it 
but we talked about the fact that you know most people think of country music and they think well this artist should be in nashville and yet you've obviously been able to thrive doing country music in california as i said not only up to when we first talked but still through to today yeah i think that really a lot of it is surrounding yourself not with just talented people but the right people at the right time and they help you kind of you know excel in your career um you know, like surrounding myself with people like nick and my other bandmates and other songwriters um, who I choose to work with, um, promoters as well. That goes a long, long way, and I don't think you have to be in Nashville. I definitely think it helps to maybe go visit there, write some songs with people, make some connections there. But um, I think that Los Angeles and Orange County, where we're at and where we're based, um, is doing really well for us and what we're doing. So. so even though you are having success here in California, is there any thought? Have you gone to Nashville since we last spoke a couple of years ago? Are there any plans to go there uh, period, more often, or is it, you know, everything is working, so if it ain't broke, don't fix it? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, well, I have gone to Nashville um, since then, and we went to, um, Sam and I, my fiance, we went to the CMA Awards, um, met up with some songwriters, did some, you know, networking and things like that. Um, I have some friends out there currently, so we're going to go out there again. I'm going to do some songwriting for about maybe a week or so here shortly. Um, and that's kind of the plan, but Right now, we're going to be going across the West Coast because that's kind of the plan is Oregon, Washington, Montana, Colorado, Arizona. And we've already kind of tapped into some of those different states. So kind of making our way across is the plan. But definitely touching on Nashville every once in a while is what we're planning to do. So All right. So we'll we'll try to go back and forth a little bit here now so we can get Nikki involved in the conversation. But um, tell the listeners about your background in the music industry. Uh, well, I got into music actually pretty young. I was seven and I was just super into, you know, classic rock and all my dad's old vinyls and stuff like that I grew up on. And for my seventh Christmas, my parents got me an electric guitar and I kind of just started picking it up. And by the time I was 11, I had played a pretty good amount a little bit and you know picked up some chops here and there and met up with my first producer who kind of got me more into songwriting and singing and after that I ended up in Nashville a couple years later and worked with the management team down there and a lot of really great songwriters and producers and stuff and did kind of the gig scene down there had a couple bands I was playing with and stuff like that and moved back to LA and was doing some stuff down here and not long after that Chase an old buddy of mine had contacted me and was like hey man I know you uh you're doing the whole production recording thing right now. Uh, I've got these country songs I've been working at, and I want you to come listen to some of them. You know, I'd heard some stuff online. I'd seen that he'd gotten some attraction, and I was really impressed. And so I was like, yeah, man, come on over. We'll see what we can do. And he brought these acoustic songs that he had been working on over and just totally blew my mind. I was so inspired and just so stoked to get back into that, you know, Nashville sound and stuff. My projects had always been kind of rock-based and being in Nashville, I kind of got some of that sound polished on top of it and stuff like that, but I got really familiar with how to get that and pretty much, you know, how to work with the country music. And so when Chase brought these songs to me, I was just thrilled, and we kind of just hit it off right away. And it's been a year we've just been working at it and getting a lot of stuff done, and it's really exciting. Now, really do you stoked. do you create your own original music, or and I don't I don't mean this the way it sounds, but or are you just a producer? Uh, no, absolutely. I've uh, my whole life I had been creating working with other producers kind of behind the scene and always tracking a lot of my own stuff and you know working with the band and being as part of the production process as much as I could so I was really close to it and 
eventually developed into producing a lot of my own stuff. And at that point, I was kind of looking to branch out into other artists. And I had done a couple projects here and there, but when Chase brought his stuff to me, it was probably the highest caliber that I had wow. seen so far, wow. as well as far as songwriting goes, at least. <laughs> you somebody look at him. I wanted to see what his some, reaction. Some big words, man. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice compliment. That's a you nice got compliment. Good songwriting, you got good songwriting, man. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well thank there's you. stuff that just gels. You know, the inspiration shoots off. It's something to be said for it. So is Chase kind of a, a an entry on a roster? You're you're working with other artists, I assume. And, and yeah, and, I've had and a couple other artists. We've done a lot of singles and stuff. But Chase is probably the definitely the most full full length album that I'm working on. The most songs that I'm working on with one artist. The others are country artists, also or different genres. No, there's a lot of rock artists and a couple actually reggae artists that I've been working with. Here wow, and stuff like that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Just the California scene, you know. <laughs> He's talented. He's really talented. He has his hands in everything. So, uh, so Chase, are you are you writing by yourself? Are you writing with Nikki? Are you writing with other people? What what's kind of the the pattern? Yeah. Currently? So I mean, um, a lot of the stuff I brought to Nick, I wrote on my own, and then he helped me bring it to life, which was really cool to see. Um, but I've known Nick for a very long time, like you mentioned, and. Um, with that being said, I know he's a great songwriter and we had happened to, you know, start writing together and we kind of just clicked and that doesn't happen all the time with songwriters. It's hit or miss. It's either you, you're in it or you're not. Or then you kind of sit through the session and you're like, okay, I'm not going to write with this guy again. They're a cool person, but you either have fun or you don't. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And with Nick, (laughs) um, we're already really close friends and it just so happened. It was the first time we wrote together and we just, you know, everything gelled perfectly and. So been writing with him now for the new material, um, along with a handful of other people, like my rhythm guitar player, Taylor, um, and a handful of other artists who, you know, want to get involved in kind of what, what I'm doing. So I'm always open to kind of expanding my horizons and writing with new people, getting outside of my comfort zone, things like that. So <laughs> That's a bold statement because so many people find their groove and they say, I'm going to stick here and I'm not going to change lanes. I'm just going to keep going down this road where I am. So that's, that's <laughs> impressive to hear that you're, you're open to kind of changing things up if it works. Yeah. And if it works, I mean, if it doesn't work, that's fine too. But I mean, I feel like you learn something from every experience, right? And you gain something from every experience. So, and uh, Nikki, obviously you feel that, that the collaboration has gone well since oh, the yeah, two of absolutely. you. Absolutely. And it's really cool because, like Chase said, he's writing these songs with different people. And so a lot of times we'll have these different people come into the studio when we're recording and stuff. And we get a lot of, you know, a lot of smart brains in the room kind of figuring out each obstacle. And it goes well. (laughs) So, uh, Chase, you're going to be releasing new music soon. Um, Where are you in that process? You know, what what can we expect? uh, When? That type of thing. Yeah, so... um I brought Nick kind of like a half-written song called Redneck Weekend that we're going to be releasing here um, probably in about 30 to 45 days. We don't have an exact release date yet. Um, working on like the album art and things like that. Um, and right now it's going really well. I mean, everything's kind of in the mixing stage now. We're just kind of um, polishing it up. Um, Nick, I mean... Yeah, I mean, we got everything tracked. We're pretty much just mixing now... Uh finalizing stuff and kind of bouncing it off each band member seeing if there's anything they like anything they want changed or anything like that and we're probably going to get into marketing pretty soon but we've all been really excited about how the recording processes went but so chase is it just working to release a single right now or will this eventually be part of an ep or an album release in 2018 so we're thinking an album release of some sort probably toward the end of the year um we have a lot of songs like yeah. a lot of songs on Nick's computer. Um, a lot the of them. Looks awesome. Yeah, the folder. The folder on the computer looks really cool. But um, yeah, so it'll probably be toward the end of the year when we release something, and it'll most likely be an album. But before then, we're gonna release this single, hopefully one more single, and then go into an album. So, 
So then in the meantime, will you be doing shows, touring? Yeah. Meaning, meaning before, I mean, obviously after it's released, you will, but anything prior to then? Yeah, we're, we're going to probably um, end up playing a show here in mid-February. It's not solidified yet, so I obviously can't announce exactly where or what it is. But um, right after we release, we're going to be hitting really hard. We're going to be doing you know a full full series of shows um i guess you can call it a mini tour i want to call it the redneck weekend tour it's kind of what i want to call it because that's a single and i plan on playing on thursday friday saturday and maybe sunday in like certain it. states I so like that's kind of a redneck weekend yeah, a little, red, <laughs> little redneck weekend tour like a weekend warrior type tour so people who are working normal jobs can come out and i don't have to worry about going out on like a monday or tuesday night in certain areas and people are like oh i can't make it because i have work the next morning and you know, that type of thing. And right now I'm really trying to build that fan base and uh, I need everybody there that I can get. Well, we know that when you play in Nashville, let's be honest, you don't get paid. Um, yeah, Nikki, is there is yeah. there any sense of going there anyways because of the connections that you have there for, you know, so absolutely. that Chase can perform? I always feel like... I always feel like uh, if you got good riders that you know, it's, it's always worth it to go kind of visit them every once in a while and see what you guys can't knock out together. It's as, it's as easy as having a good hangout session when you know you love music and stuff like that. So it's, it's, it hurts not at all to go have a cup of coffee with someone, spend a couple hours, see what you can't knock out. And I would love to go back and meet with my contacts and bring Chase with me and meet with some of his down there and see what we can't you know come out with. Well, I, I'm asking more from a performance approach oh, okay. is is there does it make sense for chase to go and perform there when there's uh, when there's no money to be made just so that maybe some nashville people could get exposed to his sound as opposed to just sitting in writing sessions no, absolutely i think if we're there you know we've been talking about going down there for writing sessions so i think it'd be great to play some shows down there and see if we can't get a little following and you know make a point out of that we're not from here we're from california but you know this is our sound it's really similar to the nashville sound but we're doing our own thing kind of over on the west coast and we kind of give us some traction going over there you know what I mean? Chase, any any view on that in terms of maybe getting feedback from the Nashville people? Or is it, I'm confident in my music, I don't need their feedback, I just want to entertain people? I, I wouldn't go that far and say that, but I would definitely say that um, there are definitely, the music business for country music, you know, it does live in Nashville. We all kind of know that. Um, and I think the whole perception of it is like rock and roll was born in los angeles country was living in nashville now and like i said like i think i'm definitely more than more than happy to go back play some acoustic performances full band performances whatever that may be luckily everybody who's involved in my band isn't there for the money they're in it for they're in it for really the songs and like what it's going to become wow. they believe in yeah, that and it's really really cool they all just love music and they love being a part of this and we're all friends which is to me, one of the biggest things, because, you know, you get a lot of these people who are hired guns, and I I know some really, really talented musicians who are hired guns, not dissing them at all, zero. And um, But it's just really cool when you have four, five, six guys in your band who are not only just, like, your bandmates who you can rely on, but people who are just talented and there for you. Okay, but then on the flip side, if you're going to go on a mini tour um, this this redneck weekend that you were talking about, would that be just you? Would you bring a couple players? Because how do you, and, and maybe it's easier because because they're friends, but how do you say, guys, I can't take everyone on the road. This is just going to be me and so-and-so. Or Yeah, most of the time it's either like, it's it's either a full, full band or it's acoustic. There's not really an in-between for me. Okay. So it's either okay. like, okay, can you afford to bring me and maybe one other guitar player come out? Or can you afford the whole band? And sometimes we'll work with local sponsors in the area 
um, and kind of get some financial support, whatever that may be, in a certain area maybe we haven't been to before. So that kind of helps out. And if I can get these guys a couple bucks and myself a couple bucks, you know, in, in the process, then that's even better. But sometimes, like, you know, everybody's kind of agreed to it's not all about the money. So if we can do it and break even, then we're okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess it goes show by show. Like, if the show's worth it, then definitely. But, I mean, if it's something that wouldn't really be in our best interest, then we'll make that call on the spot. So am I understanding that you would you would be playing in the band or, or you? Yeah, I play okay. lead guitar in Chase's band. Okay, a, okay. Just going through the after the production and stuff, we kind of had some guitar players, and I guess some stuff fell through, and then Chase was kind of just like, hey, man, would you be down to play lead guitar because you recorded a lot of it? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it was pretty easy, seamless kind of transition there. It was, it was. <laughs> he already knew the parts, didn't you have to learn them? <laughs> yeah, easy <laughs> stuff. Well, I might have had to relearn my own playing, but <laughs> that was not too hard. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment, where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is... If you are performing at a venue that warrants doing a full formal sound check during the day, do it under the same conditions as that night. In other words, with the exception of when it's an outdoor venue, insist on having all the lights turned down to how they'll be during your show. You want to mimic the same atmosphere you'll be in that night, including any potential limits to your vision, whether that be darkness or a bright spotlight or both. This way you won't be thrown off during your performance when it happens during the actual show. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. That's really great to know, isn't it? Very helpful, right? Bruce gives out a tip just like that on every episode of this show, and there's an easy way to get all those that he gave out over the first 160 episodes. The ebook series called Bruce's Bonus Book contains four volumes and they're all available for purchase and immediate download at www.brucesbonusbook.com. Order yours now for helpful tips that you can apply to your career right away. We are on location at the Winter 2018 NAM show in Anaheim, California, specifically at the Tascam booth. Again, find them online at Tascam.com. I'm talking with Southern California-based country artist Chase Miller and his producer, Nikki. I've always enjoyed this cool handle. ChaseMillerTime.com is the website to find all things Chase Miller on the Internet. And then similarly, social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, Chase Miller Time on all three of those. Our show is at NHTE.net, and there are icons that you can click on there for all of our social media, which is Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. So, uh, Chase, um, one other plug that you can give out. Where can the listeners find your music currently? Yeah. Um, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Pandora, everywhere. Literally everywhere that you can download or stream music, my music is there, most likely. Unless it's a brand new service I've never heard of. <laughs> <laughs> it's there. It's alive, and that's where, uh, that's where the new single will, will be released as well. So. Great. And uh, you've had multiple publishing deals throughout your career, if you want to just tell the listeners about that experience. Yeah, so I've worked with a, a couple of Nashville-based and Memphis-based uh, publishing companies, um, pitching songs to them. They've been, you know, super supportive of what I'm doing and, you know, helping me kind of push my career um, along the way I want it to. I'm a songwriter first and foremost. 
I'm a country artist as well who likes to sing, but um, first and foremost, I'm a songwriter. So those publishing companies have really given me the confidence I need to know that my songs can actually go somewhere. I find it fascinating that you have such a diverse list of influences from when you were growing up. Everyone from Def Leppard, Blink-182, Michael Jackson, <laughs> to the Oak Ridge Boys, Charlie Daniels. Now we're starting to get more into country. Kenny Chesney, Toby Keith. Yeah. Yeah, so if, if you only saw the home videotapes of me dancing to Michael Jackson, you would understand. All right. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, I grew up on a lot of different music, uh, thanks to my mom and my aunt and um, a lot of different people, really. I mean, they, I don't really frown upon any type of music. If you want to show me something, I'm willing to listen. And, you know, some of those things that I grew up on, Def Leppard, Blink-182, Michael Jackson, all very different from each other, but all very, in my opinion, great songwriters in their time. And um, I feel like I picked up on certain pieces of that. It really influenced what has come. And I was going to ask you to talk about that because so many people are so quick to say who your influence is, and they don't really hang around to really kind of you know do a deep dive on what does that mean. You know, because I think some people say, well, this is who I liked to listen to, but did you actually pull anything from their style, from their songwriting, from their... And it sounds like you're saying there are certain elements here and there that you've carried over into your original music. Um, 100% for sure. And I know Nick would definitely agree with this as well because I think it's part of the reason we uh, collaborate so well. And a lot of those bands, like, they have really catchy melodies, really simple, simple guitar riffs um, that are just really catchy and you can remember them. And when I met Nick, he, this guy just shreds on guitar. And... He, but he shreds, but he knows how to keep it simple in certain areas, and that's super hard to find. So when I heard that, you hear people like Def Leppard where they have these crazy solos, but at the same time, they have these super poppy guitar riffs in the middle of the song. So I'm like, finding that perfect mix is really you yeah, know, so what it is gotta, for me. You've got to serve the song. It's not about your playing or you know, what, you, what feels good on your hands at that moment. It's, it's what the song requires, you know what I mean? I think the best players are the guys who can you know, really shred absolutely, but then when there's a song that doesn't require you know, 64th notes all over the place, that you could dial it back and get some harmonic stuff going. Absolutely. And so it sounds like you probably bring some influences of your own to the Absolutely. table where you can tell Chase, you know, why don't we do something kind of a so-and-so type groove? Yeah, yeah, something absolutely. to compare it to. I think something that's really cool with our band is that we all have a lot. Like Chase was saying, he has a diverse music taste, and it's it's funny because it's like we all have the same diverse music taste. Like there's before rehearsal, we'll have the craziest genres, and we'll have metal going to country, going to rock and roll, going to like pop music while we're all setting up and stuff, and then we get ready to play our country, and it's like rap, hip hop, yeah, every, whatever. <laughs> we it got everything matter, going, like, and it's like. A lot of us draw from our, like he was saying, he has a punk pop roots bass kind of thing. And a little fun fact is the first Warp Tour I ever went to when I was in high school, Chase took me to. And he was just a friend of a friend. <laughs> he had a car and he was like, hey, man, you guys want to cruise with me? And I was like, that's when I met Chase was that Warp Tour. And we had spent the whole day together. So we have this, you know, long, lo long love of pop, pop punk music. And a lot like a lot of during this album, we were drawing from that and recording a lot of the country parts. So it doesn't sound like just a, you know straight up cookie cutter country album like it's got a lot of these little riffs in there that punk pop fan pop punk fans oh my god that's a that's a tough one <laughs> to just throw in in every sentence pop punk fans might kind of listen to and be like oh that's a cool little riff right there like this is kind of different and there's a lot of stuff like that going on in the album that we drew from 
Let's not overlook a key component in that story that you just told going to the Warp Tour, which was yeah. Chase had a car. Yes, Chase <laughs> had the car. Exactly. It was a yellow Mazda. I remember, man. Seats pushed forward, and we all crammed in there. Yeah. I don't know awesome. this guy too well, but he's got a car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going with him. Didn't know him at all, actually, at that time. He was a friend of my best friend. And it was just, we were all planning on going to Warp Tour, and we were trying to figure out our ride situation. And he was like, hey, my buddy's going. You know, he's got a car. He's really into the same music. And I was like, sick, man. Let's do it. And we had an awesome day. We did our, well, I know it was my first mosh pit, but <laughs> I don't know about Chase. I love it. And those are probably back in the days of um, outside of music. Chase, you were an accomplished bodyboarder and photographer. Yeah. Um, so I grew up, I mean, middle school, high school, I was bodyboarding. Um, surfing and competitively really competitively um and that's actually how i met you know his best friend he was saying who went to warp tour with us and um also shooting photos and i shot photos for a long time i still shoot from time to time um and i really enjoy it uh but i also make my main focus now music so but what was it at some point it sounds to me like especially with bodyboarding it sounds like you were serious enough about it that at some point you had to make a decision what was going to be your main focus so what tip the scales for you yeah that was definitely like a kind of hard decision for me because i literally would wake up every single morning at 5 30 and go surf every morning every single morning and um, i was competing and having a really good time had a whole group of friends and you know different people who were running contests um but really just the songwriting i mean it's it i sat down one day i remember i was sitting on the couch it was like some afternoon and i was like what i need to focus on what i'm doing here and i can't have two or three super super serious hobbies and be good at all of them or try to be good at all of them and network as much as I can. So when I made that decision, I was like, you know, I just love songwriting. I can't see my life without it. Um, I still surf time to time. I just don't do it competitively, you know. Um, Same with photography. I don't take it as serious as I used to, you know. Is it something by any chance, and this might be a reach, but can you kind of market yourself to, say, a festival that might be kind of surf-oriented, even though you're doing country music where it's like, Oh, this is actually cool. This guy does country music, but he's actually a surfer. Maybe we should book him to perform at our event, or, or am I kind of... No, I, I think... actually really cool. Yeah, no, I think I think that you could definitely tap into that. I mean, I, I've played festivals and stuff that are on the beach, and I think that putting that plug in there that I was a surfer, I grew up in the area, and those types of things, I think that resonates with certain people. And if you're talking to the right promoter at the right time, at the right place, just like everything is in the music business... Um, that definitely resonates in a certain Absolutely. way. Absolutely, yeah, that's really cool. I could totally see that. I mean, just, you know, being in the surf community, I could see people going crazy, just like having a sweet country band. You know, you got the beach, you got beers yeah. and stuff, and then this guy's like, yeah, you know, I used to bodyboard. I shred. <laughs> <laughs> so even though you said that, you know, you sat down and, and did that self-audit and you said, you know, songwriting is really where it's at for me, what order did those things each come into your life, meaning music, bodyboarding, and photography? It's, it's kind of funny because music came in first for sure. I mean, I got a guitar when I was probably, like I said, 15, I think it was, and um, started teaching myself guitar. Um, and then bodyboarding came in shortly after that or around the same time. And then photography came in after that. Um, photography came in after I started surfing because I really fell in love with the ocean and the beach and everything like that. So, But then I just resorted back to what 
what I was doing originally, which was guitar and singing and songwriting. So <laughs> you brought it back home, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, in addition to uh, I'll, I'll say off the stage notes about Chase Miller for those of you being introduced to him for the first time, uh, and I I know for a fact that we did talk about this back on episode eighty nine, your first time on the show, but it bears repeating. Multiple certifications in music and a bachelor's degree in music business, which I remember is from Full Sail University because it's you know about 90 minutes from where I am in Tampa. <laughs> but uh, tell the listeners about that again anyways, just because of, of how beneficial it has been to you. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely been beneficial in the sense that um, I try to do a lot of my own networking and promotion that I'll hand it off to my management. Even they're doing their own work on their like the back end. But if I'm out there making face-to-face interactions, I feel like you know I can definitely, I'm capable of you know, connecting with these people, whether it be in a phone call or an email. And I feel like a lot of artists kind of sometimes can blow it. Sometimes when they shoot an email the wrong way or a phone call the wrong way, um, I really feel like my education in that sense has helped me kind of just prepare for those certain uh, circumstances. So I think it's been really beneficial and also in marketing myself, social media, things like that. I love marketing and paid advertising. I love it. It's also it's a big passion of mine, but um Music's first, and, you know. Okay, Nikki, is, is he going to get embarrassed now? Because i, I got to ask him the, the, the big question. I mean, no, let's, no, let's face it. All this man. stuff is important. But, She's cool. <laughs> but November 2nd, that's, that's, the, that's the focus for 2018, yes? Yeah, November 3rd. November yes, 3rd, November sorry. 3rd, yeah, no problem. Yeah, November 3rd is the focus. Um, I recently got engaged. So um, it's been, you know, a really cool experience to just kind of experience all that, see all these people hit you up out of the blue and be like, what's going on? What's let's, going let's on? Let's hear the story. Let's, let's yeah. hear the proposal story. Yeah. So the proposal story, uh, we went out to Hawaii, the big island of Hawaii, and um, I knew obviously before that, so I was going to do it there. And I scheduled a photographer through the hotel. Ah. Um, and she thought it was just, like, included in the hotel stay. <laughs> I love though, it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So we're like, yeah, we got this free photo shoot. We're going to do this. Um, I went and got a custom ring made in Los Angeles down in the Diamond District. Now, who else know about did, – did you know about this? You yeah. Know yeah, that was actually really fun for me because we've yeah. been recording this <laughs> album, you know, the whole past year. And – when we started, Chase wasn't engaged, and so he was. T- we kind of went through the whole year, getting closer and closer to him, like talking about it and being like, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. Like, we're gonna go to Hawaii. I think I'm gonna go do this, and you know, getting closer and closer to it. It was like we have studio days where he's like, hey man, I'm gonna be a little late. I gotta go pick up the ring, or I gotta take the ring back and get it reshaped, or something like that. And it was cool to see all this behind the scenes yeah. stuff, and then like you know, say bye to him and Sam. Like, all right, guys, have fun in Hawaii. He was one of the yeah. very, very few who knew because I was with him almost every day. So, <laughs> Okay, so then there you are in Hawaii. You say, yeah. we, got this, we got this photo shoot. Yeah, so we're on the photo shoot, and I already let the photographer know exactly what location I wanted to do it at. He kind of scouted out some locations for me. We talked before, beforehand. I knew which tree I wanted to be in front of. Wow, you know? wow. <laughs> and um, we walk over there, and there's, like, people just hanging out, like, having lunch, laying on a blanket. I'm like, we're at a resort. What's going on? Why are you over here having a picnic when you could be over at the restaurant, you know? But um, anyway, so we kind of... Were they at your tree? They were at my tree, man. Uh-oh. They were Uh-oh. at my tree. Uh-oh. I don't know what to do. So we just kind of went on with the photo shoot, and I see him leave maybe from like 50 yards away, and I'm like, hey, man, it's kind of windy over here. I think we should go back. And he's like, yeah, I think so too. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So we headed back over there, and, you know, I got down on one knee, said some really cool words, and... Um, you know, proposed. She so. never saw it coming. I, I don't, I think that, you know, she 
hopefully she saw it coming in the sense of a time frame but no i don't think she saw it coming right. that day right. for oh, sure man, the right. picture shows she had no idea yeah. <laughs> it was awesome had, sure. had you ever been to hawaii before yeah i've been to hawaii multiple times and i absolutely love it you're a surfer of course yeah, you've been to hawaii been before to, yeah <laughs> i love it i want to go back like every year but you know i also want to travel to other places so it's a tough call well, guys, uh, this has been great. Um, before we let you go, uh, we're going to play a song of yours at the end here, Chase, called Give You the World. But before we let you go, tell the listeners about this song. Yeah, so kind of just uh, what we were just talking about with the engagement. Um, I heard a lot of songs that were commercially like produced and on the radio, or not on the radio, B-side tracks even, that were about you know being in a relationship and things like that. But um, I really wanted to write a song that kind of encompassed what a guy or how a guy should treat their lady and so i always want to give sam my fiance the world so i wanted to you know write a song called give you the world and that was really just how it came about and that was the whole concept behind the song and this was one that you were able to work with him on i imagine yeah absolutely man we we've been producing it for a little bit now it's pretty much wrapped up we got to work on a couple things and get some mixes done but yeah it's looking sounding really good man really outstanding well guys thank you for your time chase great to have you back on the show again and uh best of luck with with 2018 both <laughs> musically and personally as you work towards that big november 3rd yeah <laughs> thanks bruce for having us we're really yeah, grateful for the opportunity good to meet you man absolutely listeners that will do it for this week's episode of now hear this entertainment my sincere thanks to country artist chase miller and his producer nikki do find chase online before as i said before at chasemillertime.com and then social media-wise, same handle on all of those, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. It's Chase Miller Time. Our website is nhte.net. You can find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram, icons for all of those at nhte.net. As it relates to Chase, make sure to keep up with him online so that you can find out when his new music comes out, as well as where and when you can see him perform live. Let him know that you heard him and his music and now hear this entertainment. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next week on another episode of NHTE. In the meantime, here's that song that Chase just talked about. This is called Give You the World. 21 and young on a Friday night And on a ride the night was getting older Big hearted, sweet talking With her head all up on her shoulder Slide on over with that Mississippi smile And show me something I ain't seen in a while And I, I pull off the drive, shut off the lights Tell me one more time that you love me, that you want me, that you need me right beside you And that I was the only one who ever tried to Hand you the moon and stars Cause baby, if I could, you know I wouldn't ever mess it up So just pour a little sugar in that Dixie cup Grab your hand and give you a swirl Cause baby, I can give you the world